0: Hey! Hello. Hello.
1: Yeah. hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones In podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by Robbie, A, and E. Hello. And today we are going to be watching 2017's Murder on the Orient Express. So it's another Who Done It. It is a Who It, actually. Nice.
2: It's Who Done It month.
1: Um. Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't keep away my movie ideas um, it is rated pg-13 for violence and thematic elements it's an hour and 54 minutes long and the only thing that i think is interesting about it because like i there's like special features and stuff that like not the movie itself but, yeah like, <laughs> i was gonna say good sell like trivial good sell right <laughs> yeah. there there's like
2: uh, one good thing about this movie uh it's kind of garbage but anyway I, I mean that was basically my <laughs> monster house Cell was yeah. like, I really like the monster house design, and then nothing else. I mean,
1: that's a house, yeah, it looks dope. Uh, no, the it's based on the Agatha Christie novel of the same name. This, I mean, kind of every Agatha Christie novel has been adapted a million and one times. I think this is something like the 17th adaptation of this. Exact oh, that doesn't book. surprise me. Um, yeah, so I, I was gonna, I almost want to look it up, but because I have
3: like looked at my phone since then, I was gonna say, Agatha Christie, like, I know she's done some other like. Who Done It's and murder mystery novels and stuff like that. Like, Isn't she from the early 1900s? Or am she I? She is. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. She started getting more popular in the around 1950, something like that. I think. Um, kind of every big Who Done It idea came okay. from her, including Knives Out is heavily inspired by Agatha Christie novels. I think
2: everything's kind of inspired by her novels. Yeah, if it's a, it's a Who Done It,
1: yeah. absolutely. Um, this is starring Kenneth Branagh. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe, Judy Dench, Johnny Depp, Josh Gad, Leslie Autumn Jr., Michelle Pfeiffer, and Daisy Ridley. Johnny So, Depp. this
3: is one of those movies that, like, a large majority of their budget
1: went towards getting A listed actors
3: then. I
1: only recognize um, Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of actually Oscar noms and uh, Oscar winners in this cast. It's, a, it's kind of a who's who of 2017. Right. Um, also directed by Kenneth Bragnaugh, uh, playing Hercule Perot. Which the sequel is as at the time of this recording in theaters right now, and I've yet to go see it. I'm very disappointed I haven't seen it yet. I hate myself for not seeing it. Does the book
2: have a sequel?
1: It does. There's a okay. whole Hercule Perot series. Uh, which, again, uh Agatha Christie kind of don't doesn't like most of the popular or didn't. I think she's passed by now. Uh did not like most of the adaptations of this uh character, Hercule Perot, because they all make him very uh exotic and like flamboyant almost. Pink Panther. Uh yeah, Pink Panther esque actually. And all of the most popular adaptations have a giant mustache on Mr. Perot, and she doesn't like that for some reason. So
3: So that was actually a trope that she didn't want to start but got started anyways.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I I'm not even gonna lie, I fucking love Perot in this. I think he's fucking special. I think that's what makes this adaptation special for me. Is him.
2: Um, have you read the book?
1: I have not actually, okay. so I can't compare it to that. I did not stay up all day yesterday reading the book. Unlike, unlike, uh,
2: uh, this is where I leave you. No, that's this a different is where movie. it ends. I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> I got. I, if you gave me like 20 more minutes, I could have got there. So all the words were there <laughs> in the sentence,
1: just kind of jumbled up. Um, but yeah, I honestly like this adaptation a lot. Uh, after watching this, I watched a couple other adaptations. This one is still my favorite. Uh, also, it seems like most of the actors kind of did go into this with very little money being paid to them because this was shot on 65 millimeter, and it looks great. Uh, you guys will see that we're wa- going to be watching the 4K ultra Thank HD you're version. You're overestimating my eyes. Uh, no, there's definitely some things you're going to notice because they were not meant to be seen in 4K. Okay. Um, but the camera itself and the lighting is. I think spectacular in this the most of the performances I think are special in a way as well but yeah um before we really get into this movie I guess um E hello how's it going
2: uh it's going pretty good I finally got off my ass and started an animation I was supposed to start a year ago you sent me (laughs) a
1: small clip of that yeah I did
2: um I'm good. It's it's pretty hush hush, so I won't yeah, spoil yeah, a whole yeah. lot about what it is because it's it's a fun one. It is. Um, but if I keep at my pace, a month or two probably will be good. Nice. Um, I
1: helped you record the audio of that one. Last yeah. Year, so
2: <laughs> I I came here specifically to record audio for you. Yeah. It.
1: Yeah. It was that was, that was fun. It's
3: then we just fun. got you stuck in a podcast after that. No. <laughs> no, you're here. That'd be really
1: funny. Actually. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> but yeah, I I've been
2: doing animating and also working on my game um that was fun i revamped my entire tutorial cuz i hated my old tutorial oh. <laughs> um it, the old one was just like 50 text boxes telling you how to play the game the new one's just buttons put on a wall okay which i think way easier
1: also <laughs> adds a nice level of interactivity yeah yeah
2: so cool yeah so that that that's mostly what i've been doing and Uh, Robbie, hello. Hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, please stop looking at me. uh, (laughs) How's everyone else doing?
3: (laughs) I mean, I'm doing okay. Uh, Had more or less a boring week. Uh, The most exciting thing that happened is uh, had some computer issues. Me too. Yeah. Um... (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what happened with them, but I eventually ended up just going with the nuclear option. So now I just have like a formatted computer that I'm getting everything back so up now on. Oh, shoulder and ash. Because like I have no idea what it was. Like I scanned for viruses, scanned for malware, like did all my due diligence on like making trying to see like what it could be. Yeah. Nothing popped up. I had no viruses, I had no malware, I had no ransomware or anything like that. But it would take fifteen minutes for me to actually like open up my uh my start menu. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's like, not normal. Yeah, exactly. And I could not figure out what it was. The most I could think of is uh apparently like if you have RGB in your computer, which my computer has a shit ton of RGB in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um if you have like that and like all the software drivers for it, uh sometimes they become incompatible and start fighting each other in the BIOS of your actual motherboard. <laughs> and last I checked, I think I had five different ones in there because like every single time I put something RGB in my computer, it's like, "Oh, got to got to download a new thing for that." And so I had a whole <laughs> oh. bunch of them. In there, so it might have been that, or it might have been like the whole like NVIDIA hacker thing, but I have no idea. Like, whatever it was, I just couldn't figure it out. Be- uh, besides that, I don't know if you had that problem because we knew you have the same service provider for our internet, but there was like a two day period. I just didn't have internet either.
1: My internet was fucking garbage for two days. Okay. We almost didn't stream on Wednesday because the internet was so garbage,
3: actually. Yeah. Uh, same thing with me for Wednesday, but like, my computer slowing down happened the same exact time that whole internet slowdown thing happened. So I technically had internet, quote unquote, and like...
1: Oh, so you were trying to figure out like a million problems. Yeah,
3: exactly. One. And so like I went with the nuclear option. I just deleted everything, like deleted the whole computer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that
0: and sucks. So yeah, I'm like
3: currently in the process of like reformatting or like not reform. Yeah, I guess reformatting everything, yeah. but like uh, getting everything back up and running on my computer. The thing that sucks about that is I was on the last chapter of Martha's Dead when oh. that happened. <laughs> Which, honestly, like... Would with... you at least
1: save your stuff to the cloud?
3: Ah, oh, that's a good question. I'll know when I... Steam will automatically do it if you bought it on Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam.
2: Yeah, okay. so you um, should be good. I quite... should be good. But as like... long as
3: Martha's Dead has Steam cloud support. Exactly, that's the thing. And <laughs> this is the second game from that studio, so there's a chance it might not. All right. That well... also being said, like, it, once again, it's, it's longer than Town of Light. Uh, I'll get more into it for our live show. Right. But uh, that, honestly, is a great game. Really? Yeah.
1: Which one? Town of Light or Martha? Really? They're both
3: actually pretty good. Uh, Town of Light is just very much a walking simulator. Okay. Uh, I have questions about this later.
1: Okay. Uh, The biggest (laughs) thing I can say without
3: spoiling anything, this feels like a Sam game to
1: me. Uh, Is the first 40 minutes just a graphic novel, actually? (laughs) Because that's what I've learned a Sam game. (laughs) Almost. I think. (laughs) Well, on top of
3: that, um, taking photos is actually a big part of that game. But yeah, photo mode is like super ingrained <laughs> into this game in like a, a in a big way. And so that like that automatically made me think of Sam. I spent more hours than you would probably think just like taking pictures of things and then developing the photos cuz you actually go through the what? process of developing photos too. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds like a weird game. It's actually pretty good. Like I honestly really like the game is horrifying like within the horror elements of it, sure. But uh like there's like a lot of really cool things. Like I said the photo mode in it is really cool. Okay. Besides that, Work, home. I bought a bidet that I can't use right now. I'll take it. I well, that's the thing is like it doesn't fit underneath my toilet seat, so I have to figure out a way around it. Put it over the toilet seat. I don't
1: think it works that way. <laughs> it just seems weird to have a water fountain in your toilet too.
3: I mean, I think our country is like one of the few countries in the world that doesn't do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, but you know it's, it's because more of sanitary the, than yeah.
3: toilet paper is the
1: general yeah, well, you consensus. Don't eat toilet paper, though.
3: You what? Did you just say you don't eat toilet paper? Yeah. We said sanitary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For you behind? drink from a day. That's what I'm getting at, okay? It's a water <laughs> fountain. You drink from You it. don't eat water either. <laughs> yes, you do. No, you drink it. Ask Robbie after he's drinking his soda. What do you do, Robbie? It, 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 chew, chew on my ice. See? That's
3: ice, water. though. That's not water. <laughs>
1: what? Okay. It's solid water. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's yummy, yummy, solid water.
1: Anyway cool <laughs> your computer died
3: yeah so my computer died i'm in the process of like building it back up nice uh, have you considered not putting 17 and a half rgbs in it this time counter argument <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> i don't think no, you're probably right on that like that was part of the problem like, i think that was part of the problem but like it could have been a million and one different things and yeah. i have no idea what it was and so i was just like cool not working Deleting everything, starting over from scratch.
1: (laughs) That's where you're at in life. That's where I'm at in life. It doesn't work. Set it on fire. Start from (laughs) scratch. Uh,
2: RGBs was always one of those things I just never got. Like, I have bees in my PC tower, (laughs)
3: and that's the blue light that shows it's on. Like, part of the problem, the reason there's so much RGB in my computer is because, like, I just bought the computer components and then realized after I bought it that all of it was RGB stuff. Like, my motherboard has, like, RGB on the edges of the fucking motherboard. Jesus and I didn't even realize like any of that like that or like the um the water cooling thing that I have. Didn't buy them for the RGB, but they just happen to have RGB in them. Everything's got them. Now. Yeah, it just everything has RGB these days. And so yeah. like everything with all of these different products like having lights in them, all of them want to have their own specific software for the lights. But, like, that's the only thing I can think of that could have happened. Other than that, I have no idea what I did to cause my computer to die over or during this week.
2: Maybe that's actually the new thing about Martha is Dead. Maybe that's, like, a immersive property that, <gasps> to really make you not want to play the gaming anymore, it just nukes your computer.
1: Yeah. Possible. That's, they're just milking as much as they can out of every controversy. Like, they just break their computers, then they have to talk about they're
2: it. They're behind the NVIDIA
1: hacker, actually, too. gasping. <laughs> Gasp.
2: Uh, anyway, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, last week it was my birthday. Yeah, yeah you aged. I aged. Uh, Liz got me a whole bunch of stuff, but the one that I want to talk about the most is she got me tickets to see Ron Funches. I don't know who that is. Uh, Stand up comedian, super nice. super funny. He also plays King Shark in the animated versions of Disney or DC oh, stuff. Okay. Uh, DC, yeah, the art character, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I vaguely know. Yeah, he does a whole bunch of other stuff too, but yeah. So we went. It was Comedy Works in Denver downtown, and it was apparently his first show of the entire year. So that was super fun. It's also a very small venue, so I was five feet away from him, and that was very strange. He's a much larger man than he looks, like tall wise. Yeah, He's as
2: big as a shark. Uh,
1: he is very reminiscent of a shark. <laughs> That sounds really weird. I didn't say. expect him to have the fin in the back. It was weird. <laughs> uh no, it was Lo and behold. Huh? It was a really great time. He was fucking hilarious. His openers were great. It was a great, great, great time. Uh very, very happy about that. I hate downtown Denver though.
3: Yeah, uh, downtown Denver sucks. <laughs> sucks
1: ass so much. I fucking hate it. Uh but I want to go to that comedy club again, maybe. That's fun. Yeah
3: that's the thing that, oh, that's the worst part about Denver is like downtown sucks but they have a lot of really cool things in downtown yeah exactly but it sucks <laughs> like food
1: and like every time I go yeah they have really good food in downtown <laughs> they, Denver they do actually like every time I go there I'm like man it would be nice to just like live in the city and just walk everywhere No way, <laughs> goddamn. and what? then I was like oh right I'd pay like three times as much as living where we live right now yeah <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that I uh, was told. It's like, oh yeah, it can be making like
3: more than twice what you're making right now if you uh, just worked in Denver. It's like, yeah, but you're paying three times as much for rent though. Exactly. Not if you just drive all the way to there every single day twice. <laughs> I actually work with a guy who um, I, I I won't say where he lives, <laughs> but like the I guess neighboring city to us other than Denver. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he lives there, but he used to commute to Denver.
1: Fuck that. Yeah,
3: that's why I told him. Apparently, it was like a two hour drive one way.
1: Yeah, that sucks ass. Why yeah. would you ever do that to yourself? <laughs> I mean, apparently. If he...
3: you have to pay rent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently, he also has a two bedroom house that he's paying $800 a month for.
1: Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, but he also drives a, a metric fuck ton. So, mm, yeah. you know.
1: But yeah, that's, that's been. Uh... Oh, also, our Twitch thing. We started playing Firewatch on there. We're going to be yeah. doing that Wednesdays until we complete it. Nice. Uh, as far as right now, I'm enjoying it a lot. So. Firewatch is a really good game. It's, it's
2: fun, but I don't think I would like actually playing it, but it is fun <laughs> secondhand experiencing it.
1: I think the first 30 minutes would have been way more powerful than me just playing it alone, but like with other people there, it's fucking ridiculous, and I hate it. <laughs> I, I, That's <laughs> honestly fair, because
3: whenever I played that game, I, it was very much, I was by myself, I was immersed into the game, and I absolutely love the storytelling of that J- game. Jiraiya actually did start playing it like how I play video games at a
2: point.
1: <laughs> I, uh, it, you know what? I have to give this to the game. I found a piece of wood that I got really attached to, and it let me carry that through the whole game, and now it's just in my house. Nice. So now I just have that piece of wood and a turtle in my pocket.
2: Yeah. Uh, you. All, we also put the park ranger in an outhouse. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. I
1: don't know how, why they did that, but I'm <laughs> glad they let me do it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, check out our Twitch, Wednesday, Saturdays. All right. On to the, the meat of this show, the hullabaloo, the... Rodgers and Hammerstein's, the thing, the thing. Uh- <laughs> Tim Carpenter's <is> the thing. <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express, 2017. What do you guys think it's about? E, um,
2: I'm gonna judge this based off of there is a uh, mission in a hat in time called Murder on the Owl Express. <laughs> I'm gonna assume it's like that. Uh, okay. Everyone's on a train. Okay, and in the back car, there's a murder. Okay, and there's a already like a CIA, FBI, some three-letter organization. uh that's like, well, it's clearly this person who murdered them. But there's a detective on board. who's like, I don't know, I don't, I don't buy that. This person has no real motive. You guys are just looking for an easy out. So they have to explore all the train and finding clues to see who was the real killer all along. Okay, so... And there's uh, a part where they have to do a bunch of platforming over this <laughs> giant pit of fire to save a dog, and then the dog gives him the final clue. Wow,
1: wildly accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's amazing.
3: <laughs> all right. The dog's like, I know who done it, and then the detective's like, holy shit, a talking dog! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, Robbie, what do you think? <laughs> so. More or less the same, who done it on a train. Uh except I'm gonna guess that somebody dies in the front car where like a lot of the rich Ooh. people are. Or the engine is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it goes engine then rich people. Mm-hmm. Oh. So <laughs> Okay. I mean yeah, it's a who-done it. Like, yeah, it's there's... a whodunit, but I'm guessing like it's it happened somewhere in first class, so it's a big deal because it was a rich person who died because no one cares if poor people died. No. Um also I'm guessing it's Orient Express because it either takes place like Maybe in China or, like,
1: maybe in California during the Gold Rush? So, the Orient Express was a real train. Okay. It did run. It had an actual route that it took. Only one person on the cast has ever actually ridden the train when it was functioning. And um, It was Johnny Depp. It was Josh Gad, actually, (laughs) out of all the people. The director had walked on the train, but not while it was functioning. But Josh Gad actually rode on it while it was doing its thing.
2: Um, so they asked him 700 questions about the interior of this train that he rode on 17 years ago. Guess. It would have been much
1: longer than I 17. mean he, he 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 saw it. It's it's fairly <laughs> accurate to a train. You know how a train looks. <laughs> it's that. Uh, uh, no, it depends. About, is it like a
2: subway? It's like a subway where there's just shit in half the cars.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Nice. Uh, but it, there's a whole lot of things around about like what she, what Agatha Christie based this off of. There's like four different stories and we was like, she based it off of this event or this thing. Realistically, it's probably a mixture of all those things and then just the fact that she had an experience on the Orient Express once where it broke down and uh, couldn't go any further because of rain.
2: Spoilers. It
1: it, it washed away. <laughs> uh, it's part of the track it on It washed away the train? The track. So the uh-huh. track couldn't go any further <laughs> on her journey. Um, and there's a bunch of stories about like trains getting snowed in from the Orient and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the Orient Express. Um but it was an actual route that it was all based off of. And there was a murder the year before her book came out. Likely she was working on the book far before then.
2: Yeah, and all those like all those stories people say Yeah. Like, I I see the same thing when like two similar properties come out around the same time and people are like, oh they clearly saw this movie that came out 1 month ago yeah. <laughs> and devised an
1: entire thing with yeah. new movie um but yeah so it's based off of a real train and a real route and inspired by probably half a dozen events right. instead of just one honestly um yeah i'm going to i'm going to read the back of the box it's very boring <laughs> <laughs>
2: The Orchid Express was a train that (laughs) ran from 1957 to 1983. Actually, it
1: started in like (laughs) 1880s, I think. Anyway, Kenneth Branagh. I don't know how to say his name. Branagh, Branagh. Spell it. B-R-A-N-A-G-H.
0: Branagh? Probably. I'm going going
1: with Branagh. Kenneth Branagh directs and leads an all-star cast, including Johnny Depp, in this stylish, suspenseful, and thrilling mystery based on the best-selling novel by Agatha Christie. I like that it says including Johnny
2: Depp as if you weren't expecting it to include him. You weren't sure. Yeah. You saw him on the box, but you're like, is that Johnny Depp or is it just someone that kind of vaguely looks like Johnny Depp and you read the back is like, Oh my gosh, it is Johnny Depp. I better buy this for nineteen ninety five. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think actually you can get the four K new for like ten bucks now. So
2: it's <laughs> not seems so absurd for four K finally to be like reasonable price sometimes.
1: The ones that are like super not sought after yeah. are like $10 and then there's ones that are like this movie did okay with the critics but nobody asked for it and we made a 4K so it's $70. <laughs> like there's a bunch like that. Yeah. Like uh, Summer of 84. I've never seen it but then at the store that we go to to buy movies it was there new for $45. Like, yeah it Well I kind of right. want it now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean Lord. I remember whenever um,
1: I think it was called Split
3: the oh, um, the and that Shaman M1 movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever that first came out or came out or on DVD, I think it was like $30 for like just the DVD, not even the Blu ray, just the DVD, not even a case, just a DVD <laughs> in a bag,
2: in a
1: belt bag, and just <laughs> had it written in Sharpie. <laughs> it
2: was also those CDs, there was no logo on it, it just like that was also written in
3: Sharpie but spelled wrong. And I kept on telling the store clerk, like You're on the street corner, why are you selling it for so much?
1: You know, how I got kid detective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's that. Uh I guess the last thing is to say where you can watch it.
2: Yeah, and rating. I think you, did you say rating? Yeah, yeah I you said, said that rating okay. already.
1: I've been doing it at the beginning of the thing instead of the the whole end now.
3: As he makes time to well, he looks up where to watch this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, need to make can, it. So that way we don't just have dead air time for this audio only podcast. Yeah, you can
2: watch it on uh Sling TV, if you have a Stars Premium account, factored in with the uh, orchestra accounts on an Amazon Prime subscription.
0: You kid. But only you uh... have Pluto. <laughs> Let's
3: see. I don't know. I'm more and a also fan of y-
2: Saturn myself.
3: No, nah, it has to be Pluto. And also you have to get that Pluto through a Happy Meal that you got at Burger King. <laughs> if you actually, like... That's Go written. into the back of a Pizza Hut and find the <laughs> coupon
2: for Teenage Mut- Ninja Turtles 3 for VHS. Ooh. You bring that into your local GameStop, and they'll check in the back
3: for you. And that's how you can watch this. But the problem is, is that's an anagram, and they, bring you, just, they just bring out the anagram until you have to solve it right then and there, and they time you on it. Mm-hmm.
1: So, it's weird. Um... <laughs> You can watch it on Hulu, YouTube TV, Sling TV, if you have the super premium subscription. (laughs) Super premium? Which is to say, if you have the cable options on any of those services that have ABC included. Oh, so it's like, yeah, you can watch it on
3: streaming services, but you gotta pay 60 bucks a month for it.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. This is a 20th Century Fox movie when it came out. That is now owned by Disney. Okay. So the streaming rights and all that go to ABC, which is ABC and FX, because those are their cable companies they own with it. So, if you have any of the premium things that have those included, then you can watch it. Also, you can rent it from YouTube, Voodoo, and Amazon Prime for three ninety nine and up. Uh, and then, in some regions, not the U S., but it's on Disney Plus. So, check your so, region; <laughs> it might be on Disney Plus. Yeah.
3: So it, it's one of those like, listen, at Disney, we're not a monopoly. Just look at our streaming services. <laughs> All this to say, this
2: episode of uh, The Last Ones in Podcasts is brought to you by... <laughs> Disney!
1: Because v- fuck you! Just VPNs. All of them. Oh well, yeah. We'll uh, go watch this movie, and we'll be right back and tell you who done cool. it. Cool. Alright. Uh, bye. And we're back from watching 2017's Murder on the Orient Express. Let's get into some opinions here. E, what'd what? you think?
2: Um, I honestly liked this way more than I was expecting to. Oh, okay. Like I didn't expect to dislike it or anything. I just thought it was going to be good, but like it kind of floored me in oh. a lot of ways. I think some of it is like I came in expecting a murder mystery, and got this like character piece and like a concept of what is morality and how to live after stuff. And I think that kind of just like caught me so off guard that it ended up really vibing with me. Nice. I genuinely really like this way more than I would have ever expected to.
1: Awesome. I like that. I like that. Uh Robbie.
3: So speaking of a movie that we said earlier on, before we started watching this, uh, *Knives Out*. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I walking into it at the beginning, I think I liked *Knives Out* more, and then towards the end, I think I, this movie started to edge out over *Knives Out*, which both are still very good movies. Uh, I think this one does edge out a little bit uh, towards the end. Like, like most *Who Done It* movies, like you watch it for the ending. Yes, but it- that also being said, this uh, I will say this movie does have a lot of charm to it. It has a lot of character to it. And trying to say as much as I can about it without <laughs> spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Um it does like it does also have like a little bit of like that morality grasp, like what E said with it, which kinda gives more to I guess you can see the charm of this movie and like the characterization of it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what end up what ends up working for this movie really well is that it does have the the build up and the following lines of clues, things that every Who Done it has to have. Right. That's that is part of the genre. Yeah. Um, but it also ends with something that's more than just, here's the end of the mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is actually important for what what this ends up being. Like I said, I've never read the book. I think I should do that at some point. Yeah. This one I've heard is middling on accuracy towards the book. Um, but middling on accuracy, I still think it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I like it. I think I, I have... Held no uh, misgivings about that since we started recording this episode, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I really, I really do enjoy this movie. I think this is a great adaptation. I've seen only a couple others, and uh, this one stands out to me. I think it, it has that emotional aspect nailed down at the end of it.
3: Yeah, I, I can agree with that one. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, since the back of the box didn't really describe what this movie no, is, I'll let you know Johnny Depp all. was in it. Yeah, uh, Johnny Depp is in it. Anyway, spoilers. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, it is about Hercule Poirot, possibly the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. and you come into the story with him already about to solve another thing. Which, uh, again, all the great whodunits I think start at the end of another mystery to show just how great this this one detective usually is. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, it also shows that he's very busy because I guess without um spoiling too much again, it starts with the end of another mystery. Has the mystery of the actual movie, and then ends with the beginning of another mystery.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which is where the sequel uh, starts up.
3: Yeah, is at the and end, then? So. Besides that, they also even talk about like other mysteries that have nothing to do with the one before or even the sequel.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a whole slew of Hercule Poirot right uh, mysteries out there. So uh, she stuck with that character for a little bit, from what I understand. That
3: was kind of her um her Nancy Drew. Sherlock Holmes. That's what I was going to say, Sherlock <laughs> Holmes,
1: but <laughs> I got stuck on the name Sherlock I, I Holmes. I appreciate
2: you going Nancy Drew first. Though. Thank you. That's a- <laughs> uh,
1: it, was, it was her murder she wrote. Yeah. Her uh, Columbo, her monk her how many other detectives can i think of i mean uh, a million funny <laughs> uh,
2: all very different like eras though yeah they're yeah. really like <laughs> <are>. <laughs> her hardy boys yeah yeah
3: <laughs>
1: her scooby doo
3: <laughs> that's not detective in this slightest Yeah, latest.
2: close kind enough. of
1: yeah. i would i actually credit scooby doo for giving me my interest on who honestly
2: i think scooby doo is a great stepping point into so many things a good stepping point into who done it is a good stepping point into horror it's a good stepping point into Animation in general, because I think there are some genuinely really impressive Scooby Doo stuff.
1: Great stepping point into stoner comedies. <laughs> it's <laughs> also a great show
3: to point at with like, especially like the original Scooby Doo. It's a good pointing out of like whenever they have like pre-rendered backgrounds and everything of yeah. how like you can tell when they're about to pick something up because it just sticks out like a sore thumb to everything yeah. else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah like it. Scooby Doo is great with the with like a little asterisk saying. <laughs> the original's not very great. <laughs> it's Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I mean there's there's a reason Scooby-Doo was reimagined every like 10 years though like right. Mm-hmm. Every every generation has a Scooby-Doo. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things. Like every generation also has like a a Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every generation's always going to have a Scooby-Doo. It's just easily It's one of those things. The format is so specific yet vague mm-hmm. it can always be applied
1: you can do whatever you want with it really
2: yeah like you can have it as serious as you want so you can have the side of mystery incorporated which has very serious plots and like a overarching narrative throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. or you can have very silly things like a pup named Scooby be due. right like, yeah it's it's all over the place and that's what works well but back on the murder of oriental <laughs> express uh Eve, once
3: again, gets on a tangent about <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. Yes. To we <laughs> following- be fair, there is a dog in the Murder in the Orient
1: Express. There's two. Fair? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're with him at the end of a case, and he solves it with a breeze, mm-hmm. and it ends solving with the cop asking, like, well, how did you solve it? He's like, well, I look at things through a different lens than you. I look at it as everything should be a very specific, perfect way, and when it's not, it really gets at me. Makes it difficult to survive that way, but makes for a great detective. Which I really like that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't well, he end that line with please fix your tie? Yes. Yeah. Well it's <laughs>
2: one of like it's one of those things that really shows that he's not like he's not happy. Like yes. he yeah. is a troubled man for many reasons. Mm-hmm. And one of them being he can't not sit. Like he can't just sit there and enjoy everything because he'll notice what's wrong.
1: Yeah. Uh so he immediately is At the end of this, he's like, I'm ready to be on a very long vacation with too much time on my hands, which leads him into, of course, winding up on the Orient Express for travel.
3: On top of him starting his new vacation, um, he ends up meeting up with an old friend of his who gives him kind of like, like, hey, if you want, you can ride on my train, the Orient Express. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, just something happened that
2: he happened to need a ride, basically. And he's like, oh, you're always welcome on the Orient Express. But I want to say... It's this scene right here that lets you know this movie's also really funny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, it's it's I feel like it's a little uncommon for who to also be like a really good comedy. Like Knives Out is an obvious stellar one as well. Right. But like I feel like a lot of who have an issue where one of the one of the parts takes a back seat. I think this one had them both at the helm very well.
1: It balances incredibly well. Yeah. Whereas I think Knives Out is for the most part, just incredibly funny.
2: Yeah, it's more a comedy than a whodunit.
1: Yeah, I think this balances the whodunit aspect with the comedy really well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's off on off to the train uh, yep. via his friend, uh, which he ends up getting somebody's seat because somebody doesn't arrive. Right. Uh, which, hmm, there were lots of, lots of stuff there.
0: Hmm, mini thing. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> But person doesn't arrive, and so he gets the seat by default. Because if you're not there and checked in thirty minutes before the train takes off, then your seat is up for being given away. Yeah, and so and maybe
2: it's different in the time and era that this is in, but I feel like one seat being open is very like low.
1: Yeah, it's very low. (laughs) Like I
2: feel like realistically there'd be like ten to twenty. People just
3: didn't show up on
1: time. But well, it they, is also a very small train. It is, is a small true. train, but
3: they also did uh, point out later on in the movie that it seems rather
1: strange that they would have a fully packed train in the middle of winter. Yes. Um, which, yeah, so he's on there. And throughout this whole adventure of him getting to the train, we've met a couple of people by this point. Yeah, And when we got onto the train, he just, just you start meeting tons of people, which I think a lot of great whodunits. That's like one of the best parts of them is because it's just throwing so much information at
2: right. you. And there's always
1: one small thing you're supposed to like attach to.
2: That's one of my least favorite parts about Who It's,
3: but that's probably because I have face blindness. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that I do like about this one when it came to like introducing all of them is the way that they introduce all these characters. All these characters are kind of in the middle of their own thing and mm-hmm. you're meeting them in the middle of them dealing with something else. So you kind of get a good idea of who this person is based off of the fact that they're reacting to something that's happening to them.
1: Yes. Um, and so he's there, just existing on the train, uh, has some conversations, has dinner with everybody one night. Everyone's kind of getting to uh, settle in because it's three days being stuck in this tube with a bunch of strangers. Right. And everyone's introducing themselves. Everyone's maybe lying a little bit. Everyone's telling the truth a little bit. And as what happens with strangers as what happens with strangers stuck in a small place yeah uh, it eventually leads to a conversation with Johnny Depp's character Ratchet uh, which is a really fun uh, scene for me because <laughs> I just like and I know this like bugs a lot of people in movies but I like scenes where people are sitting down at a table having a dramatic discussion and eating I don't know what it is about that but I just really like it
2: I think it's kind of like one of the rawness and you know depending on upbringing and just how you view meals in general Mm. I think it really like can put you in the right idea like maybe us coming from a a Mexican background quite frankly might give us more of that kind of like closeness of a meal yeah yeah I think that might have some of to do with it because like a meal like this even they're not even like eating together necessarily Mm -hmm. just like happen to be there like Kind of has this sense of intimacy.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think, I think you're right, honestly. I think that that's what it is because it's like you, when you're sitting down for a meal, you're, you're sharing one of the most vulnerable spots because you're there, you're just trying to get more fuel into your body so you can function more. Mm-hmm. And you're having conversations with people and you're stuck there and you're having conversations with them when you're at the table. Yeah. So it's like a very, yeah, I think you're right. A very intimate thing. I yeah. think that might be, might be why I like it so much.
2: Cause like, that's one of the it things. It's like one of the most annoyed someone can ever be is if you're interrupting them eating yeah I, th- I think it has a similar thing like you're they're like completely vulnerable in a sense and you're like
3: getting them out of that like it's like what are you doing yes i'm trying to eat some mac and cheese <laughs> yeah. i can't just like stand up and bring my mac and cheese with me i have to sit here and eat but you're here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it is with that one too especially considering like that scene he's very much like after dinner reading a book, just trying to relax on, like, the empty por- portion of the train where no yeah. one else is so he can just sit down and read his book. And somebody just, like, plops down a dessert in front of him and says, share my dessert with me. And he's, I don't- know, well, that's- He doesn't
2: want to share the dessert. He just is eating his dessert. And Hercul- Hercule says,
3: I'll I'll talk to you if you let me have a little bite of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I missed that part of it because yeah. uh, the way that he came down and walked- or came down to him is he says, oh, um- enjoying this decadent our decadent dessert and i don't like to de- or it's supposed to be something that's enjoyable and i don't want to do that alone
1: do you mind if I sit down? Yeah. So he does. He's like, "You can, and we can have this conversation if you want, but I do want a bite of the dessert. Do you mind if I have the little, the little ribbon yeah. on top?" Yeah. And I think that's what it was. It's like he was inviting
3: him to like eat a little bit of it, and he at, then asked him, "Like, can I have that little curly bit on top?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, such a, it, it's almost juvenile
2: in a way. Like, can I have the frosting? Basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it, it, it's the same energy as I want the corner piece. Yeah. <laughs> well, many people debate whether or not the corner piece is the best piece or not.
1: It's not too much frosting. There's too much.
2: That's where I think the least frosting is,
3: depending on how you do it.
1: Mm, that's true. Well, a now lot we're of having a cake debate. bake. Yeah, I was going to say.
3: <laughs> it counts in the cake. Like uh, the store bought birthday cakes have a shit ton of frosting on the corners. That's true. I'm thinking more like homemade cake where you're putting the frosting on and most people will only put it on the top. Yeah, because mm. a homemade, yeah, that's the thing about homemade, because homemade, they'll just like, dump it in the center and then spread it out to the edges.
1: That's true. So yeah, I'm thinking more of like a store cake uh, yeah. experience, I
3: think. But I'm one of those people. Like, if it's, <laughs> if it's a store-bought cake, centerpiece is the best. If it's brownies, cornerpiece. Oh, cornerpiece all the way for brownies. Yeah. Some people disagree. No,
1: man. No, that I crunch like, for the first bite, I that's know. perfect. I like know. It's right.
3: certainly. Um,
1: anyways,
2: <laughs> uh, stay tuned for our dessert tier list, where we actually are separating corner pieces of each dessert and Uh-oh. ranking them separately. Oh, no. We could do that now. We could. Oh. That could be a thing.
1: <laughs> Hashtags everything's content. <laughs> All right, so next Wednesday, we're not
3: playing Firewatch. <laughs> you jest,
2: but like that's actually a thing on Twitch commonly, is yeah. just to watch someone make a tier list of something. We could make tier lists of best corner
1: piece of desserts. Ooh. <laughs> I would enjoy that thoroughly. That would be really fun. Okay. Well, anyway, that's an idea. Make a note of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah make that, a note of <laughs> that. That is in the cooker now. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, uh, the person talking to Hercule is a person who does... Seemingly shady transitions of like very, like, yeah, he says expensive
3: kind of museum pieces, yeah. if you will.
1: Yeah, but not only like sales of them, sales of them that are fake. Yeah, uh- <laughs> he he
2: it's he says that he doesn't know they're fake.
1: Yeah, how is he to know they're fake? He knows nothing about art. If they so happen to be fake, how's that my fault?
2: Right. <laughs> so he's saying he wants Hercule to basically be a bodyguard,
1: essentially and, to be and, to to know when somebody's about to fuck him up, basically. Yeah,
2: and he doesn't even necessarily think anything's gonna happen. He just says he wants like the se- sense of security. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
3: Hercule declines though.
1: Easily declines. He's just, I cannot do this morally. I know who you are. I'm out.
3: <laughs> yeah, because he does try to like. Paint it as like he's a victim almost, and then he just straight up tells him, like, "You are a criminal who sells fakes to mobsters."
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I fucking love Pro. It's just (laughs) like I love this adaptation of him because he's just like very out there and very honest and very. I like it a lot. It's like a.
2: I I said it during. It's like this kind of version of Monk in a Mm. sense, but like a a raw version of Monk. I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. One that's not held back by societal standards.
2: Like he's been beaten (laughs) down, almost in a sense. Yeah,
1: and I don't. Like, Because
2: this being based off a book, I don't know how accurate this version of the character is to that book. But if the book is like that, I, there's probably a good chance that Monk is inspired by this character then.
1: I would
0: bet, yeah. yeah.
2: What, there's pro- I'm betting one way or the other there's an inspiration <laughs> going here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, Yeah, it leaves everybody to retire to their abode for the night where there's many noises. Hercules is trying to read his book. He has his dickens and he's very happy. Yeah. I wonder which
2: book though. I couldn't tell.
1: I, kn- I read it somewhere which one it was, but... <laughs> you don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's reading his book. He keeps getting interrupted. He eventually tries to go to sleep, gets interrupted with that. There's just tons of noises and knocking everywhere yeah. throughout the night, and it disturbs and with, him. Yeah, with him being OCD,
3: he can't just ignore it.
1: Yes, so he keeps opening his door and looking out, see what's going on, and everything like that. But um, eventually he does uh, try to get to sleep until... The train is stuck in an avalanche. Yep, yeah.
2: yeah. Polar Express. It, it, <laughs> it really CGI looked...
1: looks like Polar Express, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is not meant to be seen in 4K. <laughs>
3: I did like what he had to say during the whole avalanche falling on the front of the train though. Are we dead?
1: Oh yeah, he falls down. Are we dead? Yeah. I dead.
2: mean,
3: no rest for the wicked ultimately. Like
1: it's yeah, a yeah. sad
2: statement, but that's kind of Hercules only. Real way of getting peace.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, solving all of these little puzzles and all these murderers and jewelry thieves and all, the, right. all that good stuff. Um, it's his way of making the world into what he thinks it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, eventually wakes up in the morning and it's discovered that Ratchet is dead. He's the only one uh. that didn't go to breakfast. Uh, he was murdered, many stab wounds, Tons and tons of evidence pointing towards just a bunch of different people. Pretty much
2: everybody on the train. Yeah. There's a stopwatch that's not going, a pipe cleaner, a handkerchief with an H on it. Yes. There's uh, the there's in the yeah. coffee he was drinking. Barbatol. Barbatol. <laughs>
1: um, there were two direct stab wounds that seemed intentional, and then and a, then a bunch, bunch that full. were just random
0: yeah. yeah
2: and the window was open
1: and the window was open yes also the button oh uh, and
2: that, that was... was a different room
3: no that was his room wasn't it no
2: no because remember the the maid i think she was no one was, of it them was the actress yeah she, yeah okay. it was hold on
3: i pulled up the cast list <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna remember uh, a single miss hubbard of. in miss hubbard's room there was a button because she said yeah. that somebody or that the conductor had walked through her uh yeah, through her room at some point throughout the night. Yeah. But yeah, he seemed he shorter than usual.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, tons and tons of evidence, all yeah. leading completely different directions. Uh, which just annoys Pearl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um so... about as much as
3: seeing a bunch of matches that are just scattered on the floor. Which is basically <laughs> what the evidence is. Yeah. It's yeah like, pretty much. oh come on, why didn't anyone pick this up?
1: I'll straighten them out, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: and from this point. Uh, Purell's on the case. Yes. Purell. Purell?
3: Perot? Perot. Perot. Perot? Perot. Perot's on the case. Poirot? Hercule Perot, which Poirot. everyone keeps like calling him Hercules, and he's yeah. just like, that's not my name. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I, uh, my favorite line
3: was just like, someone
2: said that, and he's like, I, I don't fight lions.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, Daisy Ridley's character, whatever her name was in the movie, I can't remember. Uh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> De-, <laughs> De-, De Benham? They ben. just call her Mary usually. Yeah, we'll call her Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> yeah. Mary, uh, Mary, quite contrary. When he was having a conversation with her at the beginning before he even got to the train portion. Um he's having a conversation. He's like, Hercules, like, no, no, I don't fight lions. It's, yeah, it's, very good. It's, yeah. yeah, again, <laughs>
2: this movie is really funny.
1: Yeah, like the amount of fast paced humor coming from Poirot, I think is probably the thing that makes it so good because everyone's just out there, like, doing their thing and they like say something and he corrects them very quickly and just moves on. Like he doesn't linger on any one thing. Yeah. I well, mean
3: well also that like uh just random things that he'll say throughout the day, like whenever he meets his friend, I think,
1: uh Buck. Oh, I don't know. I don't either. remember. Anyway, name. yeah,
3: the guy who basically uh, is the director for the Orient Express. Yeah. Because like whenever he first meets him, he's, uh, he has a woman with him. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. yes, me and her are going to argue for about 20 minutes. We need a private place to go do that. And he walks up to him, and he just says, like, oh, is she a prostitute? It's, yeah, she's a prostitute. And then another man walks up to him, and he's like, I have or, like, I have a telegram for you. Are you also a <laughs> <laughs> prostitute? No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs>
1: That's the scene that you was talking about earlier, where like the movie shows that it's also very funny, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, Her- Hercule
2: is on the case and has to start piecing together what happened, and as well as figuring out who was in on it.
1: Yes. Um. And so he starts questioning everybody, as you do in a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Um. I think from here on out, spoilers. Yeah, super okay. spoilers. Super super spoilers because we're probably going to uh, skim over all the different interviews because it's a lot to remember honestly. Yeah. yeah.
3: A lot of talking back and forth, a lot of very fast paced like we are right, here's this question, here's this answer, here's this question, here's this answer. Yeah. And it's done probably God, I want to say at least like 12 or 13 times in a matter of maybe 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, a lot of questioning, a lot of answers and uh, everyone's idea of what happened and everything like that. So we're going to be skimming over a lot of the interviews and getting to the, the end portion, which I think is the big miraculous part of the movie that really right. encapsulates why this whole thing works. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, spoilers. Uh, Basically, everyone
2: has a different story. I'm going to say, I think the weakest part of this movie is the car guy, because he the car is... Car guy. Exactly. The chauffeur. Oh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He is. That is easily the weakest part of my this movie, in my opinion. Like most, cat- most of the cast get a pretty decent amount, yeah. of screen time to like figure out their deal. He gets like a scene during yeah. this interview of everyone, and then they kind of just don't ever discuss him.
1: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: a little unfortunate, but some that sometimes has. It just has to do with the a mixture of the genre and the runtime i would yeah. say
1: yeah the thing like with a lot of who is like it's really really hard to balance everybody's screen time and you, who knows once you get in there like who's going to have what chemistry and like who's going to have the best delivery on stuff so, like especially it, when you have an a listed cast like this yeah exactly like who knows and like a lot of them are like Stage performers as well. They are very well acquainted with the stage, and yeah. so you can get very different performances out of them depending on what the director wants.
3: I will say that is one thing that I came to the conclusion of at the end of this movie, is this would actually have worked very well as a stage play.
1: Oh, I bet it's been a stage I
2: bet play it would work now. a little... I wouldn't say... I guess I shouldn't necessarily
3: say better, but I think you could keep track of a lot of stuff
2: easier in a stage play. Absolutely, yeah, you could. It yeah. would be easier
3: because, like, you know... um Pretty much every single time that they cut, are you know, cut from one scene to the next in the stage play, be from one interview to the next. It would be you know just a back and forth between two characters, and yeah,
1: it would be but, very difficult on a leading man. But it would. <laughs> but, uh, but usually,
3: stage plays are pretty difficult on a leading man, though
1: too. Yeah, that's true.
3: And then we're around
2: this time too. I really do need to give props to the cinematography.
1: So good, it's so good.
2: There was a specific scene when they find the body. It is this above angle view of four people talk, three people, four, F- four people talking. And there. it's like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but like I, I just said, I love this like camera angle. It was just like really great in a ways I couldn't like explain.
1: I was thinking about that after you said how much you like it. And I think uh, it goes with something that Robbie was saying as well, is that it. Really does feel extremely claustrophobic and show like how close together everybody really is in this because it's a train, <laughs> it's a train. Like, and when you're down on their level and looking, doing the back and forth, uh, shoulder over shoulder shots, it can be misleading about how wide a hallway is. Mm-hmm. But in the situation when it's up top, you're seeing like they're very, very close together, they're literally shoulder to shoulder, and it does a really good job of showing the chaos of the scene as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. of showing like. Nobody has an eye on everything that's going on. Everything's kind of just happening around them, and everyone's kind of doing what they can to see what they can. Um, It just also puts you in a perspective from being from the top down of not reading anyone's emotions either. Mm -hmm. And so it puts you at a complete loss for context of what's happening as well. Uh, it's just well done on a lot of levels, yeah uh
3: on that one, I think another thing they did very well is you know kind of the crane shot above them and everything. Mm-hmm. It never cuts during that scene either, so no, it feels yes. like this is all happening at once, kind of thing. It doesn't cut between one person or the other. This is just being done all in one
1: take, yeah, which also lends to the idea of the stage play concept, right, yeah, um yeah, so I think some of the interviews that I think are the most fun in this area are. Josh Gad's character, um, the guy who was Ratchet's accountant, I guess yeah, you would call him. Uh, let me look it up, something really quick. Man,
2: Bickman, something like that. Beckman? McQueen.
1: McQueen. McQueen. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of characters McQueen. in this
3: movie. It is Touch very off. hard to like keep track of everybody's <laughs> yeah. name.
1: Yeah. Uh but yeah, I like the interview with him a lot because it's very much like him being like, Yeah, like I fucking I hated him. He was a scumbag, and you know I know he was a scumbag, and I know you know he was a scumbag and We both agree everybody in this scenario is in the wrong, so fuck off. (laughs) Well, yeah,
2: because like his thing is he he didn't like him, but he had to work for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the disgruntled
1: employee. Yeah, like he. uh, I think it's the first interview where he talks about like how he was doing his accounts and he was skimming off of the top. I think that it might have been much later. Yeah, that's later. Might have been the second interview. Yeah, yeah. But But, um, yeah,
3: the first one he was his accountant. he basically did all the work for him because he's like oh yeah he prided himself on being a businessman but he didn't know the very first he didn't know the first thing about business yeah
2: you he did speak he, french he didn't know he didn't have an eye for anything he didn't have an idea of the money
1: yeah 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 He's so like so I, I took care of all of that in the second interview uh when it's like yeah i was skimming off the top but like what of it why does it matter like he's right but like still <laughs> well
3: that's or that was one of the big things is because he's just like yeah i was skimming off the top he's like yeah but you you despise this man. He's like, yeah, but he was my cash cow.
1: Yeah, why would I kill my cash cow? Yeah, um, which I think that's another thing that works so well for this, like almost being infuriating at the end of like how how are they going to wrap this up? How are they going to find who done it? Yeah, uh, is that everybody has like a seventy percent alibi? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the thing that I did really
3: like about this is because there's usually like a red herring in a movie like this. In this movie, everybody's a red herring. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it works really well, honestly. Um another interview I liked was with what was it her Mary Mary uh Mary was Daisy Ridley's character. Daisy Ridley's character yeah, yeah, Mary. Mary.
3: Yeah. Um
1: I feel like she got a little bit
3: more screen time for this, but I feel like she also did a very good job with the screen time that she had. Yeah. With Kenneth Braun, I guess, or Bro Bra Brana, Brana yeah. Brana? Peru, but anyways, yeah, the lead Poirot. lead man. Who? Yeah. Uh, during their screen time together, because it is very... Their chemistry works very well together.
1: It does. Um, I think a lot of... I think pretty much everybody's chemistry is actually really good with him. And I think a lot of that has to do with him also directing it. Right. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, He's he, like,
2: all right, talk to me. Like, I'm amazing, and you love <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> well, I think, like, in a lot of things, it doesn't work, because, like, a lot of people's, when they're directing, and they're also starring in it... uh they have to be playing a very specific thing. But in this, he is playing an interviewer who's trying to push somebody to give them answers. And so as the director, and the star who was like, interviewing people, he can kind of push them in whatever way they what he wants, and they kind of have to flow with it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I think that's why everybody ends up working really well with him, honestly.
3: It's because he's been directing them like on how to do their scene throughout all of it anyways.
1: Yeah, and then once he's in there, he can kind of push any way, as long as he's in character, like and they'll... Do whatever, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's kind of smart.
2: <laughs> but uh, Mary, as you're saying, is she gave nothing, basically nothing directly.
1: Yes, uh, she even points out all of the uh, ways that he's trying to get something from her. Like, oh, you brought me outside to get away from everybody and make me cold.
3: And, like, so that way, maybe I'll give you answers faster to get out
1: of the cold. Yeah, and like a bunch of different things like that, and like points out like all of his interview tactics and everything. Uh, to the point to where he's like. Uh she's like, I just wish that you would be straightforward with what you want. He's like, straightforward? Okay. And he just like directly asks yeah. her, like, what's your relationship with what's his name? A uh, Doctor. The Doctor. Uh yeah. Leslie Autumn Jr.'s character.
3: Uh, uh pulling up characters again, because there's a billion characters in this movie <laughs> in this tiny little train. <laughs> yeah. We just need to like
1: fill the
2: wall with
3: like a cork board and yeah, like... just strings going to everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this name. So he hands the phone to E. Yep. <laughs>
2: He also oh. looks <laughs> I was looking at I was like, what do you mean? It says Leslie. No, <laughs> nope, not Leslie. Colonel. <laughs> yeah. Colonel
3: Arbuthnot.
1: Arbuthnot, I would say. I think Arbuthnot is
3: that how they actually say it in the movie, I think.
1: Colonel Arbuthnot. That seems Arbuthnot. Arbuthnot. right. Yeah. That seems fine. Yeah. Uh anyway, the doctor. Yeah. The doctor. <laughs> <laughs> He's a colonel too. Yeah. Um. Um, like asks directly about her relationship with him. And she's like, I'm not going to tell you anything about that. I'm not answering that. But the same thing,
3: her not saying anything <laughs> says,
1: says a, everything. Says a, <laughs> lot. a lot. Yeah. Which yeah.
3: well, he does point that out, too. And she just keeps on saying, like, you cannot criminalize my silence.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I like the what he does in this interview, too. Because it's like, um, you can tell me about your relationship. We're not in America. It's not yeah. illegal here. <laughs> Uh, and she's at the end of it she's like, I know we're not in America. You can't tell me what to you, you can't criminalize my silence. Also, I've never been to America. <laughs> that gives like a ton of a ton of hints about her character too, and like that's great. Um again, it just it does all the things of a murder mystery perfectly well. It gives you hints towards everything leading to a conclusion that is actually quite shocking.
2: Yeah. Um Which we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh what's another what's another great interview in there?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think specifically in the first round of interviews. Yeah. The, uh, I forget the name, the rich lady with the two dogs. I think that was a good one.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. But
2: that one also leads into the next round yeah. of interviews in a sense, so. the
3: She's actually the princess.
1: No. Anyway. That's yep. what says yeah. in this <laughs> way. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Yeah. Uh, but I like hers because it's like interviewing her, and then she st- he starts interviewing uh, the help, the the help, her right hand person, I guess, her maid, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, and starts speaking in another language <laughs> in German. Really, German, in yeah. German, I thought that was great. Yeah, so which she, she
0: can't like, understand
3: me in German. It's like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> it also
2: adds to something though that we already saw earlier when the guy's checking on Ruther. There's a point where they're both speaking in German.
1: Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's great.
2: Like, it's the subtitle part. Is they're both speaking in German.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I didn't catch that even.
2: Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he's like, this handkerchief starts with an H, you know? Do you think? Maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, which ends up leading to her saying the... The train person, the train guard, I guess the conductor. Yeah, yeah, being like he went through my room or whatever, and there's this button and like leads him to run off and go and investigate more. Yeah,
2: he's like, "Is this the conductor?" She's like, "No, that's not the one." And he's like, "There's one conductor."
1: Yeah, there's literally one guy. Like it had to have been him if it was anybody. Like, well, he still has my button. Like I, I got button. Couldn't be me. Still got button. (laughs) Um,
2: again, this leads to the next round of everything basically, where he's like. Now they're searching all the luggage, and there's only one—technically, there's only one they can't check.
3: Because it's a— It's the royalty, I think. Yeah, because uh, it, it was the royal one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for some reason—like, there was some law or something like that, that saying that they couldn't check her thing because it would mess with, like, a political sense of her or something. Yeah, sort of like political exactly, visa or yeah. something like that. So I forget They're, the exact wording. Yeah, but that ends up being kind of like a thing of like, doesn't really matter because like he ends up saying like, the only one that we technically didn't check then is mine. And they check his luggage and they find more evidence in his luggage, meaning yeah. that the killer put evidence in his luggage to try to mess with him. Yeah, yeah. he finds a red kimono. And earlier
2: in the uh, movie, you saw someone in a red kimono in like a turban run down the hallway.
1: Yeah. uh, So it... It's almost like they're not trying to fool Perot, uh, but trying to fool anybody else who would look from the outside in. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which means, which is something that may have worked if the avalanche didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing
3: that it keeps on saying for this movie is that, like, he probably would have been none the wiser about it. Like, they would have been gone already by the time they found the dead body if it wasn't for the avalanche.
1: Yeah. Um. Which at this point, there's a whole crew trying to. Unbury the train yeah, outside the whole time.
3: It was two hours or whatever. Yeah. Well, what they did is because uh, the avalanche happened. Said like just sit tight for now. And since this is, takes place in I think like the 1930s or 1940s, somewhere in there. Anyways, um, he says, "Oh well, we were supposed to show up like in the morning when they're eating breakfast, saying we were supposed to show up at the, um, station. At the station two hours ago. And since we haven't been there yet, they're gonna send a cart looking for us. And the cart looking for them co- comes to basically bury or, you know bury them out of the. Uh, avalanche that they got stuck in. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, And around this time, we learn another vital piece to the puzzle, that Ruther wasn't Ruther.
1: Yes, uh, he's been extremely racist this whole time. Uh, <laughs> I think you're missing out who Ruther is. Yeah. Am I? I? Ruther's the dead person. Ratchet's
2: the dead person. Ratchet, Ratched. that's my bad. Okay, <laughs> a similar art name, but Ratchet wasn't Ratchet. Yes. And it relates back to an old Armstrong case.
1: Yeah, so it relates back to an old case to where there were these two parents and they're, they owed money or something like that, right? I forget. I don't even it.
2: think they owed money. I think it was just they were wealthy.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were wealthy. Their oldest daughter got kidnapped. Or their only daughter got kidnapped, I yes. should say. And... Um, They are told to pay the ransom money, and they paid the ransom money, and their daughter still turned up dead.
1: Yes. Um, Which Which, led to horrible uh, depression from both the parents. Yeah. Uh,
3: Which caused the wife, like, whenever they found out that their daughter is dead, the wife, immediately uh, finding out the news, prematurely went into labor. Yes. Because of the stress of it all. And uh, both her and the baby died during the process of trying to give birth. Mm-hmm. And the father, losing basically everything at this point, couldn't stand the grief and took his own life.
2: Yes. And, and you know, this a tragic had, case. But he, the father, before taking his own life, had actually sent a letter personally to Hercule.
1: Yes. Uh, asking for him to look into it. But by the time he got there, he had already taken his life. And so there was nothing he could do. Uh, and that's how uh, Poirot actually knew who Ratchet was. Uh, or his real name, which I can't remember. Consta- Const something. I can't I, know, I can't want to say
2: constable, but I think it's just me thinking of Istanbul's Constantinople because they're going to Istanbul.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the uh, cast list, it just says Edward Ratchet. Dang it. Yeah. Well,
1: some some C name, I'm pretty sure. Something like that, Yeah. But yeah, so that's why he knew his uh, identity because he'd already looked into it and he had kind of figured it out before figuring yeah. it out. But there's and nothing I think he could like do.
2: in general, it seemed like it was one of those cases where after the fact of the original court hearing, uh, more evidence pointed to the
1: real killer. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yes, then there is a very racist uh professor. Professor, yes. Um, played by what's his name? William, William Defoe. Defoe. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's been really racist and uh, German this whole time. And (laughs) Salpouro is like, "Uh, "Hey, you can stop now. Uh, I know you're not actually German." He's like, "Oh, how'd you figure me out?" And he's like, "It's the way that you pronounce this one word, touring." Yeah, touring. Yeah, you put the you put
3: the you put the emphasis on the R when it's you are supposed to put the emphasis on that. touring, touring.
1: Yeah, and he's like. Ah, oh, you bastard, you got me. <laughs> He's
3: like, "All right, I'm actually a detective.
2: Uh I'll I'll do I'll figure all this stuff out if you pay me. Hercule." Yeah. He's like, Quit lying. Yeah. <laughs> you had a gun only issued to police officers. Yeah. You were clearly a police officer before this.
1: Yeah, and then also he's like, sorry about all that racist stuff. I have to stay in character. <laughs> uh, turns out he was hired very by- Very
0: accurate for a
1: police officer. Yeah, very accurate for a police officer, actually. Uh, turns out he was hired by Ratchet to follow him uh, in case something were to occur.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, And did say that um, he didn't see anyone going into his room that night. Yes. and Because uh, he's in a position to where if anybody went to his room, he would have saw it. And then he came to the conclusion that he would have, except for the one time that another passenger opened up his door, and that would have been the one time that there would have been a blocking to his room that he couldn't have seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at
2: this point, Hercule is now connecting everyone to the uh, killer. uh, Like, everyone... Will- it's one of those who done it things, right? Where everyone knew Arm- the Armstrongs in some way. Yes. Uh, the princess was the god do- the godmother of the do- deceased daughter. The some were just workers for them. Uh, others were friends of the family. Friends of the family. Mm-hmm. And this is when you get to a character who doesn't really show up much,
1: like
3: twice.
2: Yeah. Um, but they go into her room, and uh, she's just kind of sleeping in there. And like on her table is all the barbitol, barbitol, yeah, barbitol.
1: Um, which she has like a sickness, or she's addicted to it. I don't really know. She
2: says she needs it to sleep and to just kind of deal with everything. Yeah, yeah so, I think so, so she's addiction. a drug addict, is yeah. what she is.
1: Yeah. Um, but ends up that they also are. Everybody on this train, all the uh, passengers anyway, are connected to this one family tragedy in one way yeah. or another, and that is what eventually leads Poirot into his conclusion. Uh, everybody gathers outside of the train because the train's about to be taken off of its jack. I guess a piece of wood that was yeah, put it's up about to be it. start. Yeah, <laughs> it was about to uh, get out of there,
2: and yeah. so um every. Everyone's off the train, but in the lone car is Hercule and Mary. Yes.
1: And he starts questioning her about
2: all of it. Yeah, he says, oh, I have 10 questions I couldn't figure out. You oh, know? and he hands or, her the book, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, and she goes through all of that. She's like, oh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't tell you the answers on any of these. He's like, maybe you should have an 11th yeah, question. Maybe it's an <laughs> 11th question that will actually solve all the other questions. He's like, hmm, maybe it is. You lied to me about everything, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know everything. And she's like, fine, I, I did it. I killed him. Is that yeah. what you wanted? And then the doctor, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, yeah. who we can't name, pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, he goes, well, <laughs> he shoots Hercule. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I can't let her fall for this. It wasn't her. I can't let her put herself in this. It was me. I did it. Uh, and as Hercule was shot, a bag of flowers was also shot. Hercule uh-huh. talks to him long enough to get him close whisks a bunch of flour in his face, gets him to the ground, uh, gets everybody outside. And they're
2: all put in a table last supper way.
1: Specifically, yes. He very purposely did the last supper shot. How can you not?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me laugh thinking, like, it kind of makes sense here because, you know, they have to all see
3: Hercule. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, let's all just only use half a table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We need a table for 26. There's only 13 of you. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he...
2: He goes out there... Bandages and he,
1: himself and goes out,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, and his thing is like, there's two possible solutions here. One is the very easy one that doesn't have a very satisfying answer, and there's one that's a little off the walls, basically.
1: Yeah, uh, the one that has a satisfying answer... Is who who did he say did it?
2: Uh, the accountant. I can't remember his name.
1: Me either. Uh, but he did it. Uh, he, he was tired of him being around, and then the guy who wanted the, tra- the money
2: and everything. Yeah, and
1: the guy who on the train he's like, but that doesn't make any sense. He he couldn't have been around at that point. It just it, there's no reason for him to happen. He's like, exactly. So it couldn't have been the first solution. The second solution is something that I've been struggling with the entire time, being unable to accept. And yeah. it's a very long, very good speech. There's no way I can do it justice, honestly.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things you just need to watch. But his yeah, thing yeah. is, like, everyone was connected to this family. Every single person here had the same motive. Everyone here needed peace, in a way.
1: Yes, this wasn't a murder. This was a killing of revenge. Um, And he just starts going into, like, this wasn't anyone about... Any kind of crime or personal uh, gain or anything. This was people trying to heal their souls, which is interesting because earlier he talks about the only way that a murder can happen is if there's a fracture in a soul. Right. Um, which everybody's soul here is fractured uh, in the sense of that.
2: And one of the, one final big reveal you get the woman at the, blonde woman at the start that couldn't shut up. Yeah, the actress. That was stabbed later. Yet yeah, the actress, um, also wasn't like also was still lying, and she was another yeah. person entirely. Yeah,
1: she was wearing a wig the whole time too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's like you and she. Uh, we're super spoiling
3: all of this yeah, now. The ending of a whodunit movie, which is the one thing that everybody comes to go see. Yes. If your interest was
2: piqued even a little, go watch it cuz we're giving the answer away.
3: We're giving yes. the answer away. Also this movie is very much worth watching, especially for the speech. The speech is fantastic.
1: Yes. Yeah. So please go watch this if anything we've said about any of it at all interests you at all.
2: The actress was the one orchestrating it all and they were all in on it.
1: Yes, everybody had a part of the plan. Everybody went in and helped murder him.
2: And it explains why there was a weird sporadic mixture of how the knife wounds were. Is because yeah. everybody took a turn stabbing him. Mm-hmm. And why everything seemed to mislead and how everyone had some sort of alibi, but not a great alibi.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, and ev- There was a little bit of everybody's piece of evidence in there because everybody was involved. Right. Um, and she, the actress is like... You can't put any of them on the stand. You can't accuse any one of them. It was me. I'm the one who planned all of it. If anybody's to get arrested here, it should be me. And Hercules like, I can't walk away from this. I can't let any of this happen. How how can I? My entire life has been there is a gray and there is a white. There is a good and an evil. And I cannot find where that is anymore. Yeah. And, and
2: it's, it's, it's a really powerful scene. It is. It Hercules is, had is. A, is. the gunny took from the doctor Mm -hmm. and he puts it down on the table for anyone to grab Yes, and he tells them to shoot him because he will just tell the truth.
1: It's like the only way all of you are walking away is if you kill me and throw my body in the river to never be found at the station. Otherwise, I cannot stay silent on this. And so he puts the gun down and he starts walking away and the actress picks it up and she's like, I I can't do this. I can't do any of this anymore. I I basically give up and she points it at him for a second, cocks it and then puts it to her chin and shoots but there's no bullets. Ultimately showing Hercule uh the kind of kind of character everybody has. They're not there none of them are murderers. Yeah. They're all just broken people. Uh very powerful yeah. actually.
3: Which that is one thing that he does say during his speech too is that I look amongst you and none of you are murderers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's
2: this solution is perfect. I It's one of those, I don't know if I ever would have guessed this solution. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who, I mean, maybe someone who's, like, well-versed in whodunits might have, like, pieced it out. But, like, it doesn't feel cheap, though. No, it doesn't. And, like, it explains so much. Like, one of the tropes of whodunits I hate where everyone was connected to the killer (laughs) somehow. Yeah, no shit everyone was connected to the killer. It was orchestrated.
1: Yes. The whole thing was (laughs) planned. Everybody who was there was supposed to be there. The only thing that fell through was one of the people that were supposed to be there wasn't. Yeah. yeah, and They and didn't make it on time. It
3: just happened that the best detective in the world was the one who showed up. Yeah. yeah. So basically, this <laughs> is one of those that would have been a perfect uh, revenge plot if it wasn't for just the random detective who made it yeah. uh, onto the train at the last moment and the avalanche. They would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for that meddling <laughs> detective. Um, <laughs> and his avalanche, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, like,
2: it it's just amazing yeah. that how it felt like just seeing it piece together. And this is what I mean. Like at this point I didn't care who did it. I was like so confused anyways. Like I was like, I'm curious where they're going with this.
3: Yeah. I, I had the same feeling too. Cause it, it felt overly confusing, but then I, at the end of the movie, you realize it's orchestrated to be overly confusing because it's all these people working together to try to get away together. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's like, it's this point. Where the it comes down to like, it's that's not the point of the movie, yeah, or the, the book probably either. But like, everything came together this way, and it didn't matter who really done it because this isn't like, oh, the detective solves the crime, they go to jail, and everything's great again, and mm-hmm. we all go and have a pint of beer or something. I don't. It yeah.
3: might still be prohibition, yeah. I don't know, but
1: <laughs> and now prohibition's over.
3: Okay. Yeah. It is over, but that actually was one of the plots of the characters, was that he mm-hmm. couldn't stand Prohibition. The accountant. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was uh, What was the he's line? very much he drunk.
3: W- yeah, he went into debt because of it.
1: Yeah, he was a lawyer by education, um, but not by practice. He was a terrible lawyer, and Prohibition didn't quite agree with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, yeah, here at the end, uh, he, he walks away. Everybody gets on the train. It goes into town. Um, and it just, you see shots of everybody just kind of not feeling good about anything that just happened. Yeah.
2: And, like, there's a shot outside a window where you see Hercule talking to police.
1: hmm And, like,
2: uh, as the body was being dragged away, basically. Yeah.
1: And then he gets on the train, he tells everybody, like, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not arresting any of you. Uh, the police seem to accept my explanation of a lone assassin who escaped during the avalanche in the night. Um, I'm not here to judge any of you. I'm not sure where morality lands on any of this for me or where it lands for you. All I know is I'm done. And, like, walks away. He yeah. <laughs> just walks away, like, not having an answer. Like, this is a gray area, and that's not what his entire life has been so far.
3: Yeah, right. And This like- is a man who drew a very thick line in the sand that somewhere got blurred somehow in this train travel.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. Like, it's what I said, where I came in expecting just a who it, And, like, it's this really big question of, like, what is morality? How do you live on in a busted system where the guilty get away scot-free while innocent people are killed? And where do you go on from life after loss of this devastation? and ultimately a piece about all these broken characters.
1: Yeah, that's where it ultimately ends up, is all these broken people didn't know what to do anymore. They had no other way to make it right. They tried everything, and they all came to the conclusion that they have to do what they can to put what they have decided is the moral compass back on north. Uh, And Hercule Pro has decided that he's not the judge of what is anymore. Yeah. He's there to catch criminals and murderers and thieves and he doesn't see a single one of those on this train and so he walks away.
3: Well, the thing about that, there only was one murderer or thief or, you know, bad person on that train and he was murdered by people who needed to heal from the bad that he did to them. Yeah. And so it becomes that moral gray area for him because like these people did a bad thing, but they did it for a good reason. And that's wherever it gets complicated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's at uh, the end of the movie it's... is him getting off the train. Somebody comes up and is like, hey, uh, there's been a murder on the Nile. Uh, do you know where the detective is? He's like, I'm the detective. Okay, I'll meet you. I'll meet you at the car. And he Fix walks, your tie. Fix your tie, yes. <laughs> and he walks over to the train and uh, movie ends, credits. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. really powerful. It's really good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the uh, ending scene is so good.
1: I don't know how the murder on the Nile is going to...
2: Top this, top it. Honestly, I don't even know if we can even hold a candle to. Yeah, like my biggest worry is it will just be a more traditional
1: who done it. <laughs> maybe uh, Army Hammer is in the sequel and he likes cannibalism apparently. So maybe that's fun.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Good sell. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Go but,
2: watch Murder on Denial if you want to see a cannibal having fun.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> not like he probably hasn't actually eaten people, but he's like way sexually into the idea of eating people. Weird. <laughs> yeah. The movie was filmed before that came out, though, so. <laughs>
3: but I was going to say, like this movie, Murder on the Orient Express, um, kind of weirdly enough reminds you of a quote, quote. Uh, because like of this dealing with like morality in the gray area of it mm-hmm. is kind of reminds you of the courage is doing something knowing it might hurt. Our, our, our courage is knowing that it might hurt, but doing it anyways. Same with stupidity. And that's why life is hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess final thoughts. You know, let's start with Robbie on the final thoughts. What'd you think? Give well, it a rating.
3: I just gave that quote, which like I said, kind of <laughs> make it's different because like I said, that also goes with like morality. Because this is the difference between, uh, you know, a black and white justice and doing the right thing, and that's what makes it so hard for this character. Because this character always thought they were synonymous with each other—that doing the right thing is justice. Yeah. But in this case, justice was doing the wrong thing for the right reason, and it made it so much harder on this guy. Mm. And on top of it being a whodunit, it is also a sign of morality, or you know, a sign of like what is true morality, and it's also character growth of a person. Of just, like, not even just, like... Because, like, the growth happens at, like, the very end of the movie. So you don't get to see him afterwards, after the growth happens. But you know that, like, this changed him fundamentally as a human being. Which is honestly fantastic. And it there's movies that try to do it, and they don't do it quite as well. But this movie did it perfectly. And so, once again, I compared it to Knives Out because, you know, they're both whodunits. And, like, I kind of liked Knives Out better at the beginning of this movie... But this movie worked its way, and it like crawled in in such a way that it became so much better at the end. So if I had to give it a number rating, I'd say it's like a 9 out of 10. It started as a 7, but it worked its way to a 9.
2: Nice. All right. Uh, e. This is an insanely profound discussion about what morality is through the lens of the detective with the Colonel Mustard mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> you can take it 100% seriously. Yeah. And that is the most impressive thing. That really speaks miles to how well it merged its humor and thought together. Because it is a who done it with a ton of comedic elements but neither take a backseat. Yeah. Neither feel like they're cutting tension like I've seen so many movies that are trying to be serious but every it just falls flat whenever they tell a stupid joke. But here, it's so intrinsically put with the movie itself. Like, you can't separate this movie from its jokes, even. And, like, it's just really beautiful in a lot of ways. Like, I didn't think a whodunit could be this amazing, quite frankly. Like, wow. I, I love Knives Out, but, like, that one's a great comedy, in my yeah. opinion, with uh, whodunit elements. This is just... And it's outstanding movie, in all ways. Like, I there's probably no wager I would ever guess this going into this, but I genuinely give this a ten. This is an outstanding movie.
1: I did not guess that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, yeah, I think this is an incredibly, incredibly good whodunit. Uh, as well as like you guys have said, it's uh, a great introspection on morality and what it is to have to live with guilt uh and how to deal with that in in any kind of way that you would be able to live with yourself through any of it it's just so it's, it's a great uh view on it through a very different lens i think um whereas most two donuts are just yeah here's the villain uh we all did it everybody great job high five dance party it's like everybody was kung fu for anything. <laughs> i don't know but why that song bas- basically <laughs> into yeah <my> head, but- <laughs> um and this is just like, yeah, like, technically it's solved, but, like, did it matter? Like, it's not helping anybody that's solved. Like, there wasn't a good or a bad. It's just kind of, it's all happened, and yeah. you have to live with it in the way you can. And it's great.
3: Yeah. It is very much, uh, everything comes to light, but not everything is better.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love it. I, I, uh, I also think that just... DHDR and everything on the 4K yeah. makes the lighting incredible, honestly. And that's a whole different thing. But so, yeah, uh, <laughs> I,
3: I should say, uh, for, there are some great shots in this movie. There is like said that really bad CGI with the avalanche. Uh, Also, like whenever they're outside, uh, you can Mm -hmm. tell that you can very much tell they're on a
1: green screen. Yes, Uh, but the 4K does not lend well to the green screen uh, parts.
3: That also being said, the cinematography is still fantastic in this movie.
1: It is. It's done really well. I'm I'm extremely happy with this movie. Uh, I liked it way more than most people. I think when it came out. Uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Also, I would give it a nine. Okay, I I
3: will say, whenever I was looking up the cast, uh, because finding the cast was weird, mostly because it's a huge A-listed cast, I was going (laughs) to say, I did find out this movie did very, very well in the box office. It did. Um, It started off with a budget of $55 million, which I'm guessing most of that went to the actors, because Mm. it's an A-listed cast, but it made $325 million in the
1: box office, so it did very well. did extremely well. Uh, There were also, uh, for as much CGI as there was for the outside and stuff, they just brought in screens on the outside, so like when they're in the train and it's moving, they just yeah. have screens actual screens on the outside. Um, oh, okay. For scenery that's going by, and so yeah. like all the scenery you see going by is just you're seeing. So they the use screen.
3: that 1950s trope then. Yeah, but it like works
1: really well. Actually. Yeah, it
3: actually did because I didn't notice it quite as much then, but when they were standing still after mm-hmm. the train crashed, you could definitely tell it was CGI.
1: Yeah, uh, Josh Gad actually got uh, pretty motion sick. While filming a lot of the scenes because there was just constant movement outside and he wasn't moving, and so he's got yeah. super motion sick. But. <laughs> um yeah, that's this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic.
2: Go go out and watch it if you can, even though it's has such a weird way to watch. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, apparently
3: you can buy the four K for ten
1: bucks. So yeah. you go. can. Ten bucks brand new. It's honestly very easy to go find. Go check physically. your local
3: dollar store to see if there's
2: a 4K. Maybe, maybe honestly.
1: Um Yeah, so that's that. Um I guess E. Yo. If people want to get a hold of us, where can they do
2: that? We got a link tree, which gives you links to all our social medias, listen
3: medias, and watching medias now. Whoa. You
2: can say that. I can say that and not be (laughs) wrong anymore.
3: (laughs) You can say that and see how I look like a bad guy from the 90s now. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you can not see me. Yeah. To see everybody but E. Still can't see E. Uh, (laughs) Um...
2: That link to that is L-I-N-K-T-R dot e slash L-O-I-P. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iBean, Tunes, <laughs> and Twitch. I don't know what the things for our... <laughs> natural podcast go
1: on Never. No, no. yes <laughs> all of it yes if yes. it if it is a podcast distributing service, we are on there
2: and that that's the real name of the game, but yeah, if you wanna watch us play video games instead of watch movies, uh you can do that at our twitch, we're live every Wednesday and Saturday is the plan, yep uh. If you check the archive, there should be me playing Half-Life for the first time ever. Ooh.
1: Yeah, by the time this goes up, that will have happened.
2: Yeah. So,
1: so yeah, that'll ha- uh We also are playing through Firewatch. Uh, if you check on Twitch for the archive of that, that is not up any longer. I had to take it off of there because there was a bit of a penis.
2: <laughs> but uh,
1: so that Oh, right. I forgot about
2: that Firewatch. <laughs> so did Sam when she <laughs> gave us Firewatch. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And I had to yell at her. I was like, get the- you need to get that off the screen.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we have a YouTube page. I've not really done anything. I'm putting all of our archives on there, and yeah. I have blurred that out, so it's on there now.
2: And probably will be in the link tree as well. Yes. Should, yes, that will can... that
1: should be on the link tree by the time this is up.
2: So, yep. so uh, yeah, that's all the places you can find us. And of course we appreciate any way you watch or listen to us. It is great. Absolutely. And if you are so inclined, we <laughs> also have an email, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com.
1: Send us your trains. Ooh, yeah, I like that, train sets. Um, Robbie, get yeah. us out of here. All right. So, if you're out and about, make sure to be kind
3: to one another and make sure to be safe. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been with us
1: since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody out there. Stay safe. Talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.